Thank you for tuning in to a Centerpoint Church message. Our mission is to help you take the next step in your relationship with God. We hope this message achieves that and inspires you to both grow in your faith and live it out today. Enjoy. Welcome to Centerpoint Church. My name is Aaron Master. I'm the pastor here. Uh, you're in for a one-hour service with a mission to help you take the next step in your relationship with God. Our vision and our hope is to be a church in Fond du Lac that reaches people who are not connected to a church or not normally into a church. We do that by being positive, relevant, and real. And so although our style might be a bit different than what you're used to or different than other churches in the area, what we want you to know is we're still true to the Bible. We take God very seriously here. We want to guide and encourage you every week you're here. Today is a special day. We're celebrating our second birthday. Two years of Centerpoint is super exciting for me. It's been a journey for us to get here. I just want to clap for all that's happened at Centerpoint. Would you do that with me once? It's our birthday. I feel like God is up to some big things here as a church. We've grown from simply meeting in like someone's house like two years ago to all of a sudden having 200 people on a Sunday. It's, it's amazing. Uh, almost 20 people have been baptized here as a result of this church. Even more have started a relationship with God, and even more have now just involved God in their everyday life than they did prior to having Centerpoint here. So we're excited to see what more could happen through Centerpoint because the, our goal and mission has been since the beginning to reach more unchurched or people that are not currently connected somewhere. That's been our vision. That's been our goal since day one. So to celebrate two, we have two bounce houses. So hopefully that's fun for you if you have kids. Two bounce houses that will be in the auditorium here after the service. It was meant to be outside. It's a little crummier out, but hopefully that helps you celebrate a little bit. And we also, hopefully you got a little special treat on your way in. You got some double stuffed Oreos. Delicious. You got two of them, possibly. Uh, we've actually doubled about in size. So we launched with about 100 people on our first service. We now have about 200 people every Sunday. So it's like, it's crazy that we've doubled. So in honor of that, you get double stuffed Oreos. You also get two of them because we want to double again. Now you might be thinking, Aaron, that math doesn't work. We'd quadruple. I'd be cool with that. You know, that means we're reaching more and more people here in Fond du Lac. But Use that as motivation to invite a friend. Uh, invite two people. Invite two people to check out church. Uh, and if one of them sticks, we'll double. So we're super excited about just helping people continue to grow in their relationship with God and to reach people who don't have a relationship with God. So hopefully you're inspired by that and you're ready to go on year three with us. With that said, we're going to continue our series that we've been calling Win at Home. Uh, misconception people tend to have with being a Christian or a follower of God means you're always losing. You're always just going to be losing. Yet if you look at some of the God-given direction that's in the Bible, there is some guidance God has given us on how we can win in certain areas of life. Or more specifically, what's home to you? No, I'm not saying, like, just believe in God and everything's going to be, like, prosperous or amazing. That is not what I'm saying. You might be thinking, like, oh, like, I'm never going to have anything bad happen if I believe in God. I'm not saying that. Or you're going to have a super amazing relationships. I'm not saying that either. Or super rich or super cush life or whatever it is. I'm not saying any of those things. But God has given us some guidelines in the Bible to help us win in particular areas of life that can lead us to true, purposeful wins that can start today. Which, I don't know about you, I'm all for. Winning's fun, right? It's fun, it's enjoyable, it's positive. 
Yet if I'm honest about where I'm at personally with some of the things God has given us instruction on in the Bible, such as our thoughts, relationships, and living a life that's set to help others win, I feel I haven't experienced the win that it seems God has intended for us. Honestly, many times I feel like I'm straight up losing in some of those areas. I've had some extremely negative and worried-filled thoughts in my life that consume my mind. I've had some relationships and friendships that are harsh or broken or disrupted from something that I just wish could be better. I've had this feeling that I should help people out more or care for people better. I just don't want to sometimes. and I can't get myself to do it. How about you? Can you relate to some of those statements? Last week, we kicked off the, the series talking about how making a foundation of God's ways and word is a must before we expect to win in any of these other areas. We talked about a foundation of God alone, one that's constant and put, is put before anything else, is like a rock, a foundation of rock instead of a foundation of sand. And when that foundation of rock is our foundation, it should filter all of our decisions and, all of, and define what winning really is. This week, our message that we're addressing is how God has given us direction to win the internal mind battles that we go through, the negative thinking, the worry, the stress. Next week, we're talking about how to win relationally with your spouse, with your friends, with your kids, with your family members. And then week four, we're talking about how to help others win and how we can experience winning in that. So this week, we're talking about the mind. How do we win in our mind? And I thought I'd give you a little inside glance at my mind I know, it sounds kind of scary at first. Trust me, it's not as scary as you think. It's more scary for me because you're going to see how random my mind is a little bit. But if I realistically do a thought analysis of things that just go through my mind throughout the day, like a fully transparent view of my mind, it goes something like what you're going to see in a second. And these are just some of the thoughts I've pieced together that literally happen throughout the day. Give it a listen. Wake up, coffee. I probably should have woke up a little earlier to get a workout in, but I'm just lazy lately and tired. Ugh. Oh, I'm so sick of hearing, I want a snack. Seriously, child, you know where the breakfast crackers are. Go and get them. Oh, yeah, the kitchen. Forgot to clean that up last night. Ugh, we're going to get ants and who knows what else. <sighs> Seriously, child, you spilled the milk already? Uh, let's just take a little look at Facebook this morning. She did what? That looks so fun what they did. Sydney and I don't have those romantic shots anymore like they do. Are we still good? Shower time. Finally, a few moments to myself without kids around. What? I'm in the shower. I'll be out in a minute. Do I smell? Like, am I becoming a smelly person? What if that's why no one sits in the front row on Sundays? What do I do about that? Oh, by the way, hey God, how are you? Thanks for this day. Be with my family. Be with my day. I gotta get that oil change scheduled. Or the car is going to break and we can't let that happen. We do not have the time or the funds to look for a new car. Off to work. I am dry and out of ideas lately. What if nothing new comes to me? Ooh, a text from Sydney. Probably something good. What? Great. The kids have been crying all morning. So much for a fun night when I get home. Ah, the reminder to call that contractor to get that thing looked at. Please don't be anything major. I don't want to deal with a giant headache. I'm starving right now. I would love some cookies. M&M. But my body's meh lately. What if I skip lunch, though, and just eat cookies? Probably fine. I wonder who won the game last night. Let's take a little look. What, seriously? It's the end of the day already? What am I going to do? Ah, oh, at least I can't wait to see Sydney tonight. Send her a quick text, try to get the flirt nine, if you know what I mean. Ooh, dot, dot, dot's already in response. No reply? Hmm. I wonder what's going on about that. I hope we're good. I don't think I said her did anything. Better get home. It's probably going to be a long night. Hope there's John. Just give him a quick wave. Hmm, he didn't wave back. I wonder why. 
Grab the mail quick. Seriously, another insurance bill. Yikes. Please, 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 please have that emergency room visit covered. That's going to be so much time on the phone fighting for things. If not, oh, I forgot to go to the grocery store quick. I'm going to run and get that thing and before I run inside. <sighs> Groceries are getting so pricey. What is going on with our economy? The way things are headed, it's PB&J and ramen in our household. It's looking like, am I a bad parent if I do that? Hmm, probably not. Anyways, home. Ooh, Sydney's face is not happy. What did I do? I went and got groceries, babe. That's what I was doing. I really got to run to the bathroom, but uh, finally, five minutes to myself. Babe, I'll be out in a second. Sydney is really not happy. So much for a fun night. I've had so many fires to put out, and I don't know where to start. These are honestly some of my real thoughts. The video maybe comes across a little scattered, but that is pretty real for me. I'm going to be totally honest with you. As you and I can both see, as we've listened, I have some positive thoughts and some not-so-positive thoughts. I have some rational ones and some not. I have some worried-filled ones and some stressed thoughts. I have some loving and noble ones, but then some harsh and destructive ones. Can you relate to that type of thinking, or at least some of that? Again, some of my thoughts are controlled and are helping to lead me to a winning mindset, but some are just not great and out of control. So I've looked through Scripture, and throughout this whole series, we've kind of been studying the Sermon on the Mount, but I've been asking myself for this message alone is, how do I get myself to start experiencing more consistent mind wins? In this series, it's formed off of questions like that. If you've been in the church world for a while, you know what I'm, I mean when I say the Sermon on the Mount. If not, what it means is basically a really, really long sermon by Jesus. Uh, it's actually in Matthew 5 through 7. It's like the most famous sermon and the longest. So don't worry, we're not doing all of it today. We're just covering part. But as I was studying this passage for this whole series and reflecting on my thoughts of the things you just heard, I realize my mind is getting pulled to the things that God warns me not to. And I'm wondering if maybe you do too. I want to read a little of this sermon for you. It's in Matthew 6, 25 is where it starts. It says, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Eee, these are some of my thoughts, right? Food, drink, clothes, getting those things for my family. That was what you just heard me think about. Can you relate to some of those thoughts? For me, it doesn't stop there, though. Like, this passage, it kind of keeps going, and it is kind of a slap in the face for me. At least it was for me. I'll continue. It says, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in the barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Yikes, right? It's saying don't worry. Don't have a mind fixed on things that, let's be real, are part of our everyday life. Some of y'all might be like, all right, Aaron, I, I guess I get that, but we can't just run around naked and we can't just like not eat or drink. Like We kind of got to drink water at least. True, I'm happy you're clothed and I'm happy you're doing those things. But if we look to the example that Jesus mentioned of birds, when birds are hungry, they eat. The example shows that they don't have their mind fixed on food all day long or living their life for just food, but they're also just worried about the immediate, not necessarily the future. 
It seems silly, but does anyone like eat lunch and already start thinking about dinner? Where are my people at? Yeah, like it's like, oh, what's for dinner? You know, like you're eating lunch. Oh, what's going to be for dinner? Is a common question a lot of us do. My daily life, I feel like, revolves around those thoughts. Wake up, get some coffee, get dressed, work, feed the kids, work, feed the kids, change the kids, bed repeats, right? It's like a cyclical thing. It's this trap of our thinking. Like It's just daily. We have to eat or feed our families, but fixating our thoughts on food, clothes, and drink plans or letting it take over more time in our brain than it should is not what God wants, is what this passage is saying. Jesus goes one level further to make it clear of what he wants from our minds. I'll continue the, the passage that we're reading. It says, so, so don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. This right here is the strategy Jesus is offering believers or Christians or people who simply want to have a mindset that's positive. He's saying, don't worry about these things. Don't let it consume your mind. That's what unbelievers do. In this series, we're looking for winning strategies, right? And Jesus' winning strategy for our thoughts is seek the kingdom of God above all else, Live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. As you hear that, does that do anything for you? Does it do anything for you? Like, at first glance, I, like, I kind of see it, and I'm like, oh, it's, it's a little vague of a strategy. Like, what does that really mean? And to be honest with you, when I think about that, if I'm trying to not think about food for the day, or the drink of the day, or the clothes, or other sorts of things, and I let my mind sit idle for a little bit and not think about those things, I then start thinking about the things I'm worried about. My kids, their future, my house, its durability and the maintenance I got to do, my savings and funds, will they be enough? The things I was supposed to get done, my health, the future, that frustrating piece I'm working on at work that I just can't get done, my security. As I say these things out loud to you, my response to God and his instruction that we just saw or how we should have our thoughts be, is honestly, God, like, I like distracting my mind with things of food and clothes and drink because honestly, if it's not those, it's worry. Can you relate a little bit? Which I feel is why Jesus adds this last statement to the passage we're looking at today. He says, so don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Don't worry, he says. I guess... The solution is don't worry. Just be happy. Don't worry. Be happy. It's a song, right? Don't worry. So don't worry. Be happy. Just do it. Just do it. Be happy. Don't, don't worry. worry. Be happy. Be happy now. Sermon over. Record time. Don't worry. Be happy. Just leave. You're good. Nice. Right? Like, if it only was that easy. Because how many of you have tried to think happy? Think happy thoughts? Yet still worry, still stress, still have negativity flood your mind. Negative thoughts of, I'm not good enough, I'm the blame, I don't have what it takes, I messed up too much this time, or I'll never be able to. Or if it's not that, you let worry creep in, and it's, everything's going to be ruined now. Everything is this wrong, I did it wrong, uh, that was a huge mistake that I did, or what if this thing turns into a huge problem, now i got to deal with that. 
It's so common for us to let negative thinking take over our minds. And I think it all revolves around worry. Statistically speaking, worry is actually extremely high for Americans. Worry and stress, we are actually in the top 10 of the countries that worry the most. Yay, we're winning at home, right? We are the most worried nation, basically, right? Yay, we're winning. It's not something to be fun about winning, right? But we worry a lot as Americans. Here are a few things that we tend to worry about. Rise in prices of everyday items due to inflation, supply chain issues for stuff, global uncertainty, potential retaliation from Russia, Russian invasion of Ukraine. This is recent. We worry about these things. But I guess when I look at what we worry about today, most are household items and things of the future. And I see these and I think, isn't that exactly what God tells us not to worry about? I'm not saying avoid or don't address problems is the answer. Because worry and actively addressing a problem, those are different. Again, a bird does what it needs to survive, like eat and find shelter and provide. It just doesn't let it consume their very being. This is embarrassing to say, but as I was thinking about this, as a pastor, a Christian, a father, man, I'm not like a bird. I worry quite a bit. I go through times where literally I can't focus on spending time with my family when I have it because I'm too worried about something. I can't rest because I'm too worried. I can't, like, I can't be creative or be as effective because I'm worried about something. I'm even not that fun to be around sometimes because I'm so worried, crabby, distracted. I'm actually easily angered. Statistically, actually, if you see this other chart, when you see the people that are experiencing stress and worry, anger follows. Anger follows stress and worry. We tend to be more angry when we're worried or stressed, which means worry leads to losing at home. So what can we do to win? To win in our minds the way God wants us to. Enough of me dropping the problem with you, right? Like, what can we do about this, right? Like, how can we win in our minds to help us win at home today? Well, if we go back to what Jesus teaches in the Sermon on the Mount, he says this, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. At first glance, we read that and be like, that, that's a deep strategy. Deep. Okay, yeah, let's do it. But if this is our strategy for having winning thoughts, what does that really even mean? Seek the kingdom of God above all else, live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. To make it usable today and practical for us to start using right now, today, I want to break it down into three easy chunks. Seek the kingdom, live righteously, and trust. What does it look like to seek the kingdom of God, live righteously in the trust? Well, let's start with the first one. Seek the kingdom. Before we go into it, have you ever, like, used things incorrectly before? Like, you're, like, you're using this thing, and all of a sudden someone's like, hey, you actually should use it like this. And you're like, I never knew that. I'm going to show you a few examples, and your mind's going to be blown, hopefully. We'll see. Did you know this? Did you know this? I didn't. Mind blown, all right? Now I know how to rip foil, all right? So you're welcome. Did you know this? I'm a ketchup lover. Open it up, you get more ketchup. Who knew this? Who is now mind blown? Oh, you guys need to eat more ketchup. All right, how about this one? I like organic peanut butter, or like I like it when it's natural. You flip it over, the oil goes on the bottom. Mind blown, amazing. I, you're welcome, you're welcome for these. All right, how about, 
I hate cleaning my counters. Did you know pans have a hole for your spoon? You're welcome. I think I got one more. Who's used one of those things at the airport before? Who has zero idea how to use them? Yeah, that was me. I've been doing it all wrong. You're welcome. You now have a clean butt, all right? So you're welcome for that. When we know how to use or do things as they were intended to be used, it should change and adapt how we use them in the future, right? It's the same with God. If you're seeking to live as God wants us to and directs us to, it should change how you live now. The truth of how to live, God's ways of living, should move us a certain direction. When we seek the kingdom, we should learn new things. Look at this. In John 8, 31 and 32, it says, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth of not needing to worry or not stressing is going to set you free. It is going to make your life better, is what Jesus is saying. In the passage we started with, if God is truly our foundation, seeking his kingdom, seeking his ways, we learned we shouldn't be so concerned about food, clothes, drink, along with what's to come in the future. As we learn that, are we changing are we adapting our lives to do more of that? Are we seeking to do God's ways as we learn and seek what his kingdom offers? It's this ongoing process. In my life, uh, when something pops up that stirs worry for me, um, like for real, this is actually a real thing that happened, uh, health insurance bills. You know, like we literally have been to the ER three times this summer. It's, it's been a nightmare. And like literally my mind goes to worry, like, is this going to be covered or not? I hope it's covered. I think it is, and I start to worry. It can be that, or it could also be other things, like our safety somewhere, like, oh, I, don't, I don't feel like safe right now, or a house issue, oh, I don't know how I feel about this, or a health situation that I looked up on Google, and now I'm like super worried because I got like all the, the facts, or the facts, right, you know, and I feel like I'm dying now. My default is worry. In these, I usually come around to the point of like, oh yeah, God, like, you don't want me to worry. So I pray and try to hand it off to God. Like, God, you got this. Yeah, I'm praying. God, you got it. But the worry comes back. It comes back and I'm worried that God doesn't maybe care about the thing the same way I do. Or I think maybe, maybe this is part of his plan, but I don't want that to be part of his plan. I want that to change, God. Like, hey, God, I don't know if you know, but like the ER bill, it might set us back quite a bit. Or, God, I don't know if you know that health circumstance is going to change our family dynamic. Or if the, our house has that issue, that's going to be a giant headache that you don't want me to take care of. Or we might have to go through, the, I don't want to go through this traumatic experience. We shouldn't have to do this. Like, God, like, make that not be part of your plan. The worry is real when we have those worries. But if I'm seeking the kingdom, in that moment, I can catch myself realizing I have the wrong foundation. I'm seeking Aaron's kingdom, not God's kingdom. My kingdom of finances. My kingdom of what a family should look like. My kingdom of what home life should look like. When we seek the kingdom of God and see the truth of his kingdom, it should set us free from worry. As you think about your life, where do you need the truth of God in that area to set you free? The truth that you don't need to have the perfect house to have a good life. Maybe it's the truth that your house struggle, it might actually bring your family closer. Or your finances are sufficient even amidst that loss. Or that God is going to be with you or he's got you no matter what the circumstances. 
as we seek the kingdom in our worry, what do you need to do to remind yourself of the truth God has offered you? When you find that you are chasing and worried about something other than the kingdom of what God promises, let the truth set you free, and it will release some of that worry. The second part of our strategy that God gives us is living righteously. Living righteously. Or in other words, don't just seek what God wants. Don't just seek God's ways. Actually live them out. Like, when it comes to our thinking, don't just seek truth or think about truth, but actually change the way you think. Live righteously is a verb on how to live. Live righteously. It's, it's an action. It's saying live the right way God intends. And when it comes to our thinking, don't just realize you are worrying. Oh, I think I'm worrying. Yeah. I think, I know I probably shouldn't worry. Like, yeah, God, I probably shouldn't worry. Don't just like say that and then leave it there, but actually change your thinking, change your living by, by changing it to righteous thinking, righteous living. What that looks like is I think what Paul talks about in Philippians 4. He says this, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Don't fixate on worry or the negative or the stressor of life actively fix your thoughts on other things. As in, make a conscious choice or conscious thought to think about other things. Things that are true, honorable, right, pure, lovely. Our thoughts in our life should be set on these things and then worry when it pops up. It should just be the distraction that we're trying to avoid. It's easy to get distracted, right? Has anyone seen Up? Like, I think of, when I think of distractions, I think of this scene. It's like 10 seconds. Check it out. Like, a dog talking. He is a good and smart master, and he made me this collar so that I may talk. Squirrel! That's worry. That's worry, right? It's like, oh, I'm, in, I'm focused, I'm focused. Worry. Uh, I forgot i got to be worried about this thing. Worry's like a squirrel. It comes to distract you of what you are set on. And when we are distracted, we aren't living to our full potential. We aren't living righteously. Worry is literally a distraction from life that God wants for you. Is anyone here a good driver? Yeah. Okay, so no one, said, no one said they were a good driver in the first service, so don't park when you're here for the first service. Uh, no one raised their hand, just FYI, so watch out for the first service people. Uh, who maybe wants to put the hand down of the person that just raised it? You know, like if you're with them, you're like, ah. Is anybody a distracted driver? Easily distracted driver? Okay, so my wife describes me as a distracted driver. Of course, no texting, but I Siri. I gotta get some music going a little bit. I gotta eat while I'm driving. Like, you gotta have snacks. Like, get, get the good dips, you know, too, while you're eating. You know, you gotta have the ketchup. You gotta have the barbecue and the Chick-fil-A sauce or whatever it is that you're into. And uh, uh, I don't let those things distract me. But who are, who's like me, by the way? Who's like that? I gotta have all this stuff. All right. Let's be real. We're pretty easily distracted when it comes to driving. Like, there's already a lot going on. We think it's easy to manage it all, but honestly, the driving alone is a hard task in itself. Check out how some of these guys were easily distracted by a test that they were doing, a driving test, and how they were distracted. What? This is a nice kitty. What? Oh, oh, oh. It's Ryan Chicken! Oh my this God. is the best! Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh God, that's a big dog.
It's easy to get distracted, right? In driving, don't it, the distractions, they definitely do not allow you to drive better, right? We all know that. They make it worse, honestly. Worry in your life is a distraction on righteous living that doesn't allow you to live better. If you're worried all the time, you are not living to your full potential. You're making you worse. Now, some of you, like myself, you might be like, Aaron, hold up a little bit. Like, worry's healthy. Like, it's thinking, it's preparing, it's, it's maybe being concerned about things that other people aren't concerned about. If that's what you're thinking, I can totally relate. That's me. But listen to the, some of the statistics of the study I found. Uh, researchers, that, researchers at Penn State, they asked people to document what they were worried about. Like, tell us what you're worried about. And they wrote these things down, and, and then they asked them, how many of your fears or the things you worried about actually happened in the next 30 days. And 91% of their worries did not come true. Less than 10% about what you worry about will happen. That's so minuscule, right? But the one thing you can be sure of is your worry is going to rob you of your peace 100% of the time. Don't allow yourself to live with worry and distraction. Live righteously. Focus on the positive. Don't allow yourself to think about the negative, the worry. It's an act of the will to think about the positive versus the negative. In your situation, think about what you do have versus what you don't. Think about what you can do instead of what you can't. Think about what the comfort you're experiencing now instead of the comfort that you're hoping for. Think about the good of the situation, not the bad. Live righteously by consciously changing your thoughts from worry to the positive. I get it. Some of you might be like, well, Aaron, I saw that survey. I hear what you say about that survey, but there's still like 10% or like 9% the fact that something could happen. If that's you, I totally get it because that is me. I'd be like, oh, that's still, that's still a number. Now, with that or in that situation, it's still important to live righteously, right? Because it's not... It, there's a fact that it might not turn out as bad as you think. Our minds are creative, especially when it goes to the negative. We start thinking like, whoa, and this and this is going to happen. We get creative with the negative, especially like we, we need to be rational in a sense. Ask someone like, hey, is this like real? Do you think this could actually happen? And that'll help bring you peace. But then if let's say the 9%, that thing you're worried about actually happens, the thing you're worried about, the news is bad or whatever it is, you finally find the news and it's just not good you then still shouldn't freak because this is where you must trust that God will carry you through, which is the last part of our verse that, that we're looking at. Trust. Trust. Again, our winning strategy in our mind is seek the kingdom of God above all else, live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Trust. You seek the kingdom of God by knowing and pursuing what God wants. You are actively changing your thoughts to align with that and living how God wants, but then... Then there's a trust component where you simply need to trust that God is God and that he knows what's best for you and your family, that he can make all things good. How I want to end our time today is actually with an illustration. If let's say I had this, this God box up here that kind of represents like the things I'm giving to God, 
all right? This is my God box here. And every time like something popped up that I'm nervous about, stressed about, or whatever it is that I'm concerned about, and let's say I, I'm praying about it and I'm giving it to God, right? That's part of the Christian process. That you pray about it and you're giving it to God. And what if we like literally physically did that in a sense? Like I'm worried about something and I want to give something to God, so I'm going to write it down. So I'm going to be honest with you. One thing I, I'm a little concerned about, a little worried, to just be real with you, I'm nervous about the schools for my daughter. I'm like, I don't know where my daughter should go or like, taking schools and how to do all that. I'm, I'm a little nervous about it. It's early, but I'm a little nervous about it. So I'm going to write that down. Like schools, I'm concerned, I got a little worried. But then let's say I, I take this and I'm going to put it in my, my God box in a sense. I'm going, to, I'm going to pray about it and pray that God takes care of it. And I trust that he's going to take care of it, I think. But as I do that, as I give that away, it feels good. But then it starts to come back. I'm still a little concerned, God. Like, I don't know what you want. Like, are you going to handle this? And every time I'm anxious or worried or nervous about it, I'm literally saying, God, no, I want to hold on to that instead of you. I want to hold on to that worry. I, I gave you the worry. I don't, I don't trust that you can take care of that worry. Are we doing that? Are we not fully trusting that God's got it. You're not allowing God to take your worries. God knows we are not at our best, that we can't win at home in the things that mattered if we're worried. God wants us to win at home. He wants us to win over our mind or the negative mind things. He's given us the strategy. Have you embraced it? For you today, maybe for you, you need to create a God box. Like literally, you need to have a God box and write your prayers or the things that you're worried about. And literally, like maybe that's what you need to do is hand it off so that like it forces you to take it out. If you're going to worry about it, you got to take it away. Maybe that's what you need to do. It sounds silly, but maybe that's what you need to do. God wants us to win. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. As I close today, I think there are people here who are maybe dealing with an immense amount of worry. And I think there are some people here who have maybe never given worry to God. If that's you, I want to give you an opportunity to tell God, God, I want you to take my worry. I want to follow you. I want your ways. I want you to guide me in getting rid of some of this worry. Help me do this well. I want to give it to you and help me, like, leave it there. If that's you, I'm going to give you a chance to pray that and you can ask for God's guidance in helping you get through some of your worry that you're dealing with and start a relationship with him. And then some of us that maybe have done that before, I'm just going to, I'm going to ask that God gives us the next step that we should take, whether it's seeking the kingdom, whether it's living righteously, or it's trusting more. So I'm going to pray, and then if you guys want to pray with me, you can do that right now. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today. God, some of us right now are saying, God, we have never given you some of our worry before. God, we want to say, please take it. God, we, we trust you. We know that your direction wants us to win. But God, we want to give away some of that worry. God, we want you to guide our lives. Help us, help us live a life that's devoted to you. Help us live a life that is without worry as you intend. Help us win at home. And then, God, some of us are saying right now, God, we just we need your guidance and we're following you, we have a connection with you, but God, we're worried about these certain things. Help us just figure out what that next step is for us to really fully give it over to you, to trust, to live righteously, to seek your kingdom. Help us figure out what that next step is for us. In your name we pray. Amen.